0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Swarfcast. Before we start, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love the show, please rate it and write a review on your podcast app or tell somebody about it. It really makes a difference for us and we'd appreciate it. Okay, on with the show.
1: So I'm in charge and I get to make all major uh, decisions for the company. The only caveat to that is they own two-thirds, so they can fire me.
0: This is SWARFCAST. I'm Noah Graff, here with my co-host Lloyd Graff. Today's podcast is part one of a two-part interview we did with John Haby of Metal Seal Corporation, a machining company based in Mentor, Ohio. John and his two brothers own Metal Seal and several other machining companies. Since they purchased their father's machining business in the late 90s, they've built their enterprise into one doing over $100 million in sales per year. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. We are honored to have John Habe, the fourth on the show. Welcome to Swarfcast, John. Thank you. John is the owner of several manufacturing companies with his family. And uh, why don't you just start by telling us uh, what what are some of the companies you own?
1: Uh, We own uh, Metal Seal. That's uh, uh, where our headquarters is here in Manor, Ohio. Um, we own RW screw, which is in Massillon, Ohio, um, uh, near the Akron Canton area, closer to there. And we own uh, Pullman, uh, which is located in St. Louis.
0: Okay. And, um, and you also, your wife is in the countertop business as well.
1: No, I I also own some granite countertop companies uh, 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 separate from the machining. Um, We've got one of those in the Cleveland area, one in Florida uh, uh, near uh, Tampa, Florida, one in uh, the Carolinas, and one in New York. And then my wife owns a metal stamping company and a, a tumble deburring business. And she's got uh, plants uh, 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 three in Ohio and one in Florida.
0: Wow! Well, that doesn't sound like that would keep you busy.
1: Yeah, that and uh, uh, that and two boys uh, that are just going to be graduating high school the next year or two. Here, at least, uh, at least we'll get some free time. So,
2: John, could you give us a little background on how you? bought metal seal and how the, uh, that has transpired over time with the huge fire that you had a few years ago.
0: Yeah, and just uh, just coming up in the business as well.
2: Sure. Um,
1: I've uh, been coming into work, uh, uh, came into work for our family business, which was Aero was Machine. Uh, Since I was 13 years old, uh, I spent summers and breaks and all that type of stuff working in the shop. Um, Worked from every position, from climbing uh, into machines to clean machines to uh, uh, running machines, setting machines up. uh, uh, Quality, uh, uh, worked in our quality department, our shipping department, sales, all the different areas. and that was uh, all uh, uh, all through probably the first, I'll say, twenty years that I was working for the business. Um, then we uh, we bought the company. My brothers and I bought the company from my father in '99, and it was doing just under two million dollars in sales. Um, to now, we last year we broke a hundred million. Um, Some of that was uh, organic growth, some was uh, through acquisition. And uh, for Metal Seal, that one, uh, we bought Metal Seal in uh, 2011. Uh, Family business uh, owned by the Deemers, uh, great family in the industry. Um, I've known them a long time. Uh, I had been talking to them for probably five years before we bought the business. They were looking to try to figure out what they wanted to do long-term and it worked out well. Um, when we bought metal seal, uh, we, uh, 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 the plants are about seven miles apart. We bought a new plant in the middle, um, moved everything there. And after we moved everything in, we had a big fire and, uh, ended up having to move everything back out to other buildings. But, uh,
0: How long had it been since you had been inside before you had the fire?
1: About a year and a half. We were in that building about a year and a half before the fire happened.
0: Wow. So right when you were getting used to it, (laughs) that's when it happened. Yeah.
2: Do you know how the fire happened, John?
1: Yeah, we had a, um, uh, in the new building, the floors were all epoxied, done really nice. And when you do that, you have full-time guys going around with floor scrubbers, uh, cleaning everything. Well, uh, we were paying a company to take away all that waste, um, and they charge it by the pound. So one of our engineers uh, had a good idea um, that, All right, well, you evaporate off all the water because we're using a water-soluble cleaner, and you have a lot less weight because the majority of the weight was the water. So it cut our uh, bill down to about 10% of what it was prior to it. Well, what happened was, is we think that uh, some solvent was uh, uh, mopped up uh, with that unit and was put in and Somehow when the water evaporated down, the solvent caught, uh, caught fire, um, went up the uh, side of our wall, uh, caught the ceiling on fire, or actually not the ceiling, the roof materials, because it was by an outside wall. And uh, in 45 seconds, our guys were there with fire extinguishers, but it didn't matter. It couldn't uh, couldn't put it out, and the ceiling was what was on fire. Fire extinguishers don't. Uh, reached 25 feet into the air.
0: Oh my God. Were you there?
1: Yep. It was uh, 10 o'clock on uh, Friday. Uh, It was uh, July 25th, um, 2014. Um, So yeah, the shop was full. The alarms went off. We did our evacuation procedures and uh, it uh, went well. So got everybody out. Nobody was hurt.
2: And then I would imagine a Massive headache with uh, dealing with the insurance companies. And I'll say it was
1: uh, just managing the whole process. Um, One of the things that we did, uh, you know, our employees were worried right away. Um, But what we had done is we had uh, paid for an extra rider on our insurance that said if we had any type of disaster like that, our insurance would pay all of our employees and their benefits for one year. Um, so when we told all the employees that, uh, uh, we had people crying and coming up and giving us hugs, you know, they had worked some, you know, people have retired from working for us, uh, that have worked here 50 plus years. So, you know, people have spent their lifetime here. And
0: so people were worried that if you didn't, if you weren't being able to produce the parts then, and if they weren't being able to work, because, the machines were down; that they wouldn't get paid.
1: Right, and, you know, because what happened is, in, in, and whether they were at work or not, they got paid. So when we had the fire, after we had the fire, you know, we only needed about twenty five percent of the people to come in for a period of time. And the rule was is that uh, they would get paid, uh, but they had to be available with twenty four hours notice to come back to work. Um, And if they got another job, they had to notify us. Um, They had to be available to come back to work for us. And uh, uh, it worked uh, pretty well. We weren't able to bring everybody back. Uh, We did lose some work when we had the fire. Um, But at least it, uh, it, it limited the traumatic experience for them because if somebody couldn't find a job, or six months or a year after the fire, uh, they were still getting uh, their full pay and benefits through that period of time.
0: Listeners, do you have an idea for a future episode of Swarfcast? Or is your company interested in advertising on the Swarfcast podcast? If so, please send us an email at swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. That's Swarfcast podcast at gmail.com.
2: But you still had two other buildings that you could move stuff into even after the fire or one building?
1: Uh, Two buildings. Um, We had um, not all. Originally, when we had moved in there, we moved from three different buildings. One of the buildings was uh, leased out to a new tenant. The other uh, buildings were still empty and uh, up for sale. Uh, so we, uh, we quickly moved back into that building, and uh, that's where I'm sitting now. That one, and then there's another one across the driveway. So two buildings here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so did the business change after the fire?
1: Uh, definitely. Uh, when we had the fire, w- we had one customer that was a very large customer for us. Um, they did decide that they did want to come back with us and signed a new agreement to come back, uh, but unfortunately, it turned out that they ended up uh, resourcing the work to other people. So, it uh, that uh, that hurt us here at this plant. The other plants have stay, uh, stayed busy and hadn't uh, didn't have any ill effects of it, but our plant here um, uh, felt the brunt of that.
2: What do you like about the screw machine business and what do you hate?
1: Um, well, my job has is, uh, is changed a lot uh, over the years. Uh, as I've done all the different functions, um, I've always found something uh, in every position that I like doing. Uh, for my current position right now, um, you know I'm, uh, I have different people managing the different plants. So I get to focus more on uh, bigger strategic type uh, things. Um, I spend most of my uh, time uh, uh, working with uh, looking at different acquisitions, uh, looking at different deals uh, to either buy companies or um, find ways of expanding our business. Um, I work with the major customers uh, to uh, uh to try to help manage and make sure we're growing organically, um, I like all those parts. Uh, the part, the biggest part that I don't like, has been more the legal side. Um, we've had uh, a rash of different things that have happened since the fire, um, where uh, you know you expect customers to uh, stick to their agreements. Um, And they don't. And your only remedy ends up becoming uh, is going through the courts. Uh, And that's the part that I hate. Mm -hmm.
2: I'd like to understand your acquisition strategy, John. Um, I think you believe that in the machining business, it's very difficult to grow organically. And if this is the case, uh, you're constantly on the hunt for customer acquisition through company acquisition.
1: yeah I, um is that correct? I don't know that I'd say it customer acquisitions, just more acquisitions of of businesses uh, that we can. Is another way of growing our business. We're still able to grow organically, and uh, and we and we have. But from the acquisition side, it's it's another part of uh, of our world that gives us an opportunity to uh, have a bigger footprint. Uh, uh, to uh, uh, you know, as a as a owner in the business and also an operator as an operator, my goal is to uh, increase uh, shareholders' wealth. I'm supposed to make it so that this company is worth more every year, and acquisitions is a great tool to be able to do that.
2: Do you have uh, other investors in your business, or is it all family owned?
1: Uh, we are, uh, CFO, um, Rick Cipola, uh, uh, is a 5% owner in the business. Uh, he's the only, uh, other, uh, owner or investor.
0: I remember you had talked about a couple times, uh, how you and your brothers own the business equally.
1: I can tell that story. So what happened was when, um, In uh, uh, 98, 99, when we were buying, uh, my dad came to me and said, uh, I'd like to uh, sell you the company. And when he said that, um, originally the structure was going to be, I was going to own the majority. And my two brothers were going to have smaller stakes in the business. And the main reason for that was, is that I had been working there for 10 years and they had just started. So I told my dad, hold on a little bit. Let me do some research. So I did. And uh, the biggest, you know, family business can be very tough. And the biggest problems with family business after the research that I did, what I came up with, was greed of power and greed of money. So what I did is I wanted to try to put together a structure where we would, uh, we would own this business and still be able to be successful as a family, too. So what I did is I said, all right, um, we're going to own it a third, a third, and a third. We're going to be equal owners in this business. And we will get paid what our pay should be for our business. We have an outside consultant decide what our base pay is. But all the profit that we'll take out of the business um, and the benefits of that will be split equally. Um, And that was my way of saying, all right, we're not going to have the greed of money side of it be part of our equation. Um, uh, There was going to be enough for us uh, all around to all be successful. um, And I wasn't going to be greedy on that side. So then I came to the greed of power side and I had a little bit tougher time figuring out a structure for that. And this is because I was going to be president of the company, but this is what I came up with. I talked to my brothers. Um, They agreed um, that uh, I should be president of the company. Um, And our operating agreement says that I get to make all major decisions. So I'm in charge and I can make, all, I get to make all major uh, decisions for the company. The only caveat to that is they own two thirds, so they can fire me. <laughs> so if I don't do a good job at what I'm doing, um, it, that's how I took out the greed of power side of it. You know, I am in charge. I, I do, I do make all the major decisions for our business. But I explain everything to them. I still get their buy-in on stuff. There are some times when I overrule them. But if they think I'm doing uh, too poor of a job, my job's on the line. I can be fired.
0: What are their jobs?
1: Uh, One of my brothers is a general manager. He manages the plants uh, here in Mentor, Ohio. And my other brother is an engineer, uh, he's our head engineer for the plants, uh, uh, plants here in Mentor, Ohio.
0: Right, and that that gives them some perspective too in their sort of micro environments too. That probably.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's. uh help it worked out. out really well. I mean it's uh, you know we're uh, we're twenty years into it and it's worked well so far. Um, but I work fifty fifty five hours a week and. I think it's helped on that side. My brothers, both they both get in here before me and leave after me. Uh, they they work very hard. They're very dedicated. Uh, they know I have their best interests at heart uh, for everything. Again, they don't like every decision I make, um, uh, but uh, but it, it's it's working. So happy.
0: On the next episode of Swarfcast, I'm a strategic buyer because
1: all right, I've got uh, screw machines, I've got hydromats, I've got grinding, I've got a lot of those other operations that might bring value to that business and that those customer base. If it's a private equity company, a lot of times they don't, uh, they're not bringing those types of things to help the business. Um, they're bringing the ability on the finance side. Um, To, uh, you know, maybe help you, uh, uh, um, and I'll use that in quotes, help you uh, reduce costs and manage the business.